Lord Jesus, we have come to you then as a family, made sons and daughters by the grace exhibited through your sacrifice, your resurrection, and your place in the kingdom as our, as our master. And you invite us to join you in the family, to bear the mark of forgiveness in the same Holy Spirit so that we really are one family. And so God, as a family, we come to offer our praise and thanksgiving and to ask for your help with our difficulties. Change our hearts and minds, Lord, so that we interpret our world and our troubles in a new way. We pray and help us then to ask for the right things so that we can truly be humble servants, blessed and benefiting from your amazing grace so that when we have trouble with relationships, trouble with work, trouble with money, trouble with health, trouble in our spirits, we might not only be relieved of our burden, but also made stronger and better so that we might serve you all the more and give you greater glory. And it is in this spirit that we offer even the words that you taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful sight. Long time no see. How y'all doing? <laughs> I've missed you. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to decide in the next 30 minutes or so whether you missed me or not. So we'll... Oh, thank you. I usually don't get a good laugh out of this crowd, so it's nice to start off that way. Uh, I want to share a couple of things with you right off the bat to kind of help you change the world as we seek to do God's will. And uh, so read your announcements carefully, cover all of the stuff you see in the bulletin with your prayer, mark your calendars, you know, put these inserts in important places like on your refrigerator door or something like that, you know, to remind you to take care of of uh, the prayer and then your own participation in the life of the church in particular as we seek to do God's will uh, together. And this is what we mean by being world changers. Um, Jessica left me a note to share with you. This is a reminder that next Sunday, November 24th, can you believe it? <laughs> November 24th. At both services, there will be a time for you to register for the IF gathering. How many of you went to the IF gathering last year? Give me a thumbs up if it was worth going. Look at that. You see all those thumbs up? Those are people saying, go do this. This is a women's gathering. It's a simulcast that happens right here in this space. And it's a wonderful opportunity. And if you would like to do it on February 8th, 
you'll be able to begin registering next Sunday between services and after services. The registration cost is $25. The other thing I want to let you know from Jess is that there are some more of the holiday shop cards available. Lovely Courtney Heberer is... <laughs> yeah, you did that really well. I'm pretty graceful. <laughs> and modest, too. <laughs> I wish your mic was on for that snort. <laughs> I've missed you, sunshine. So uh, these are holiday shop uh, cards for the TriCap uh, holiday shop. So check with Courtney. Uh, is Shelly here for this one? Are you going to be the no, person? No, it's me. It's Courtney. So if anybody uh, would like one, I have four, I have three, I have two left. <laughs> <laughs> and they're up here on the table. I, have have I feel like an auctioneer. I have one left. All right, they're okay. gone. Now, Jan, Jan had her hand up back there, she, so, all right, well, Jan, we'll, we'll hit you up for something else. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Anyway, thank you for your willingness to do that. At this time, I'm pleased to bring uh, Gary Budd and Gerald Budd up here. They have some important news to share with you regarding the life of the church, and here's your opportunity to hear what you can do, no matter what your relationship with the church is, to experience the uh, way that God's doing some things in the life of the church. So I think I just repeated myself, but it's probably time to sit down and let you talk. So. Do I get a mic? You can come up here. This one's on. All right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good morning. Now, I know what you're thinking, and probably what you even talked about on the way into church today. Well, if I could just get an update on the life of George Ball, my weekend would be complete. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are in luck. I have been in my home for a little more than 20 years. Predictably, in the last three years, I have replaced my heating, my air conditioning, my roof, my carpet, washer and dryer, garbage disposal, microwave, and my lawnmower. I say predictably because I knew this was all going to go out. Fortunately for me, I had the foresight to be able to make all these improvements in my home without incurring any new debt. Now, why is the house that I worship in any different than the house that I live in? It isn't. All these things are go either have gone or are going out right here. So what we have done is we have formed a capital improvements committee. It's a five-person committee with Gary Budd, Gerilyn Budd, <clears throat> David Nig, and Connie Nig. Fortunately for all of us, Gary Budd has volunteered to chair the committee, and that's no easy task. There's two reasons to say it's no easy task. Number one is because we're trying to raise a considerable amount of money. Number two is because he has to sit in a meeting two to three times a month with me. <laughs> That's a challenge. <laughs> for, those, for those of you who don't know Gary, he has been a longtime member of this church. He and Gerilyn regularly attend the other service, the traditional service up in the sanctuary. 
So here today, I am introducing to those of you who don't know Gary so that he can go over our game plan and tell you just exactly what we have in mind. So with a lot of gratitude, I'm going to turn it over to Gary and Gerilyn. Thanks, George. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, George. Good morning, friends. And I say good morning, friends, the way our guides on our uh, recent Holy Land trip would greet us every morning on the bus. It was good morning, friends. Now, let's hurry up and get where we need to go. Chop, chop, hubba, hubba. No sand standing around. We got a lot to do. So, we got a lot to do. Uh, once again, we attend the uh, 845s. We call our 845ers, I guess. So I see a lot of folks that I know, but there's a lot of folks out there that I don't know, and I'm sure you don't know me. But we've been attending Shiloh since 2000, I believe it was. So we've been around quite some time, uh, in and out, usually to earlier service. But we've seen a lot of things go on in this church, as George has uh, alluded to. So as George mentioned, uh, this house of worship, this house of prayer, needs to be maintained and upkeeped uh, and uplifted, uh, just like any of your own homes. And another reason for doing this, not only to replace what's being worn and worn down, but you know we've we've set ourselves out to uh, a, a mission, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a, a, yeah, a vision to be vital to our community. Uh, and we we are hosting a many different outreach programs, and we're going to host many many more as time goes on. So that's another reason why we're going to keep this place in tip top shape. Also, we want to follow our mission of being disciples, seeking disciples, and changing the world, which I think we're doing a pretty good job of. We're, we're getting a good handle on it. Um, so considering all this, uh, what, what George talked about, what I just reiterated, uh, the Shiloh leadership team uh, asked us to form a committee, as, as George suggested, uh, and they asked the director of operations and the trustees to go through our facility from top to bottom and identify projects that we could see taking place or needed to be done in the next three to five years. Uh, so they did that, and they, uh, some of these items are really pretty simple things. Uh, there are some projects on the list that directly affect the Life Center here and your worship service, so they'll be excited to see some of those things. <coughs> so this is a capital improvements campaign. Uh, we're not building anything new. We're, we're repairing, replacing, and upgrading, uh, just as George had mentioned also. So you're probably sitting here saying, okay, I'll bet these guys are gonna be asking us for money. And you're right, we are. Um, so as George mentioned, you know, the, the, the reason for the campaign is so we don't have to go into debt in the future to just maintain the church. Uh, that's not very good stewardship. So again, I'm gonna introduce you now to the Renew, Restore, and Reignite uh, capital campaign. Which there is, good. Uh, the goal of the campaign is to raise $675,000 over a three-year period, starting January 1 of next year and going into December uh, 31st of 2022. Um, we're going to allow you to contribute in uh, numerous different ways. You can even adopt an entire project if you feel so led, uh, and we can certainly work with you and help you with that. In the next week or so, you're going to be receiving a packet from our campaign committee that's gonna have a letter, better describing, more describing what the campaign is all about. Uh, it's gonna have a catalog of all the product projects that we've identified. Uh, and it's gonna, of course, have the pledge card and a return envelope. We're asking that you prayerfully consider uh, your gift and give according to your financial needs, of course. Uh, but please remember, this is a gift over and above your normal tithes and offerings, okay? Uh, we can't get, put those to the wayside. So this is sacrificial. You gotta dig a little deeper. 
We're asking you to return your contribution or your pledge cards to us by December the 15th. Now, if any of you want to do some year-end giving and want to give before year-end, certainly we accept that. We'll build that into the, your pledge uh, and, and make that happen, and we appreciate that. So please don't be bashful about doing that. If you remember, some of you remember, some of you don't, uh, a few years back, we paid off a debt of about $750,000, okay? And we did it very judiciously, very quickly, uh, and, and it was no, no real problem for us. So we believe a, a goal of this nature is very, very much attainable, considering what we did back then. Also back then, a lot of you did some very interesting and creative projects to, to, to uh, uh, get, gather money. Uh, the, some of the folks made brooms and sold them. There were cookie sales and, and dinners and things of that nature. We surely encourage that as well, to do that kind of stuff over and above what your, your personal commitment was. So the campaign is going to have a little different wrinkle, though. This campaign uh, is going to um, um, have a tithing partner. The Shiloh leadership, leadership team thought it was important to uh, uh, identify a tithing partner to go along with this campaign. And so um, the campaign will give 10% of whatever is given to us uh, through, the, through your giving will go to a vital uh, service, and that's going to be Transforming Hope. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Transforming Hope, but it's being run or headed up by one of our own uh, um, uh, congregants, and that's uh, Terry Norris. She's very, very involved in this program, uh, and it's a very vital program. And based on my conversation with her this morning, uh, this gifting is going to be much, much needed and well, well appreciated. Um, so not only are we providing our facilities with some um, much-needed maintenance, but you're also going to be providing a vital service in the community. Now, we would like for you to think of this campaign as doing unto others as we've had others do unto us. Um, there have been many fundraising campaigns here at Shiloh. Uh, some of you have been a part of them, some of you not. We obviously have, have we've, uh, redone the sanctuary, we've added classrooms, we've added the Family Life Center that you guys are sitting here today. And those were all done by capital campaigns. Each time people were giving to those campaigns, they were giving to the future. They were giving to families who aren't weren't necessarily there at the time, but might be here today. So I think you have to look at this campaign as the same thing. We're giving today so that the folks in the future, and some of them that are here today, will benefit from these. And some of these folks we know today, but some of them will, we might never know in our lifetime. But at least we'll be leaving a facility for them the way folks have left us a facility that we've been blessed with. So the last part is we've asked the Shiloh leadership team and our campaign committee to turn in their pledge cards first uh, as a show of leadership and importance of this campaign. That, that exercise has given us, yielded us, uh, almost 20% of the goal. So we're well on our way. You, you folks only have to come up with 80%, okay? Uh, but we're well on our way. The campaign's off to a good start, uh, and we wanted to share that with you. So if you would, please, would you, would you pray with me? Almighty God, giver of all gifts, direct our plans for the future and guide the work we do now so that all we may do all we do may give you honor and glory. We humbly ask your blessing upon our restore, renew, and reignite capital campaign and grant, your, uh, grant us your success so that we might better serve you. Amen. Thank you for your attention. And as I say, the, the packets will be going out. If you have any questions, we'll be around uh, through the next Sundays to answer any of those questions.
Turn it back over to you, Pastor Dan. Thank you, Jerry. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that, that no pastor likes to do is talk about money in church. Trust me, some, some pastors uh, try to avoid it. I know I do. But this is really an amazing time for me because I owe so much to my predecessor, Larry Van Camp, who, while he was your pastor, led you towards paying off a $750,000 debt. You paid for something you already bought. But what's exciting for me about this campaign is that we're talking about paying into the future. We're not talking about debt. We're not going to use debt. We're going to use cash to pay for things. And I'm excited about that because I believe that's the biblically correct thing to do. And in the same spirit as the following the biblical precept of tithing, we're also saying let's raise the money we need in order to take care of our facilities and uh, invest in the physical part of the ministry we're doing in this community. Uh, let's do it. Let's pay for it as we go. That's the idea. So that we have no debt to retire down the road. And so we're asking you to join us in fulfilling the vision and mission in that way. And that's an exciting thing for me. I want to thank the committee and our leadership team for their excellent work. And I thank you in advance for your part in all of this. You know, when we were in the Holy Land in the last couple of weeks, we visited a lot of sites where somebody had done exactly what we're talking about here. We visited where someone long gone had left something behind for future generations. And because of that, we were able to experience things that we might not have otherwise been able to experience. And so in the same spirit, this uh, capital campaign is all about making sure that Shiloh is here for future generations and making sure that it's ready for people who aren't even part of it yet. And many of you can relate to that experience. So speaking of the Holy Land trip, I have learned from past experience where I was put on the spot right after I got off the boat, so to speak, and uh, found that some of the best things that I could have shared about my first experiences of foreign places and far-flung journeys, it's always better when it comes raw, right out of your head. So I have asked those who were on the journey to the Holy Lands, to the Bible Lands, to come up and speak. So I'm going to ask all of you who are present, who were on the journey, would you come on up here? I learned from the first service that they did a better job of making each other accountable for sharing about the story than I could have been. So I'm going to hand it over to them. And I would like to ask all of the people who are on this journey to take a moment and share a little bit with you about the experience while it's still fresh. And I think you'll all enjoy doing that. You don't have to go in any particular order, but Bethany, it looks like you're first in line. <laughs> but you get to pick whoever goes next. Oh, cool. <laughs> See, there's always a yeah. Go ahead and use the microphone, please. Okay. I don't know what to say. Um, well, no, come on up. Come up here, because you're what I'm going to talk about. So I've been to the Holy Land before, and it was a mind-blowing experience for me as a 14-year-old. So when I found out that Emily was coming, I was super excited because I knew what that would be like for her. Um, so my highlight of my trip was getting to experience it with this girl. Um, it totally changed the way I saw it this time, um, seeing it through her eyes. So that was my, that's mine. So you get to go next. 
because you're already up here. Um, there were a lot of churches they built on all these biblical sites, and I thought they were really pretty, but where I felt it the most was honestly on the Sea of Galilee. Because when you're there and you're on the boat ride, you can just feel and you can just see why Jesus chose this place. And it's just one of the most beautiful and awe-taking places that you will ever be. But, like, I spent a lot of time with the Sinkhorns while I was there, so it's like they became my second family, and I'm very blessed to have that, and I thank you very much for that. Um, and so a lot of the times I was asking Bethany lots and lots of questions. <laughs> and she was telling me about one of the places, and one of the biggest things that I remember from the trip was that whenever we were going through all these places, she was telling me about this is where they believe this, and this is where they found that. And then she was like, but then it's up to you to decide whether it really matters where all of this took place or not, as much as it matters why. And so that was just one of the biggest things I took away. But. We are David and Connie Nig, and uh, I'm going to talk first, and I'm going to pass it to her. But uh, one of the biggest things that stood out in my mind was something our, one of our guides said, and he said, how many times do you take out your cell phone and look at it every day? Well, he said, well, that should be how many times you pray and read the Bible. So keep that in mind. Three areas that stood out in my mind is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where Jesus prayed over the city of Jerusalem and the disciples were kind of sleeping and he would go back and I think three times he went back to wake him up. Just knowing that that's where Jesus prayed was really stood out. The other one is the path of the cross. We, wa we walked the actual path that Jesus took when he was crucified. And just knowing that he was carrying that big old heavy cross up this hill, sometime down the hill, up again, it's just amazing. And the other one is the garden of the tomb. And this is where Jesus was laid in the tomb. So those are the three areas. One other thing that uh, was fun was we all got to float in the Dead Sea. And I didn't think there's no way I'm gonna be able to float, but I did. The hardest thing was trying to get up after you're floating. It was very hard to get up. So, Connie? We saw a lot of amazing places, and like David said, just being in the, the land where Jesus was meant a lot. But the thing that I came away with was how ashamed and embarrassed I was that I, I'm not... Our guides were passionate about their faith. They're passionate about Christ. They love Christ, and they want to share this with the whole world. And they do it with such a passion that I, I came away embarrassed that we don't do that here. That's, that's not our style, but um, it made me want to, be, to dig deeper in the Bible every day and to be more like Christ because they are. They're wonderful people. They're beautiful people. And um, that's what I came away with. Also, the blessing of when we got rebaptized. Oh, well, we did. We got um, David and I and some others rededicated our baptism in, uh, in the Jordan River, and that meant a lot too.
wow. <laughs> um, there's a couple things, I guess, I'd like to say. Um, I know that before we left, we asked for prayers from you, our church family here, and I, I really felt that while we were there. Um, it just felt like you all had us um, just praying for us, and, and it, it worked. Um, and um, the other thing was I'd like to um, thank uh, Ruthie and Nathan for sharing your family with us. Um, I know that uh, probably was a little tough sometimes, but um, that was really, really great that both your mom and dad and sister were able to go. And, and we thought about you guys a lot, too, while we were gone. Um, we learned all your secrets. <laughs> saw a few pictures. Did, I know, Ruthie. Did some FaceTime, and so that was um, really great. And um, another thing is um, a lot of people have asked since we've returned, did we feel safe? And totally, totally safe. I, I um, did not feel, um, you know, worried. Um, and, and I think that was the prayers um, from you folks, too. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> it's hard to sum it up in just a few words, uh, the experiences that we had. Um, but there's a few things that stand out. First of all, um, and Gary, um, um, anyway, Schwartz, thank you, the Schwartz. Oh, yes. Uh, Gary, Gary Schwartz said in the first service that, uh, you know, we hear this, this stuff on the, on the radio and our, our wonderful news media, um, if you want to call it fake news, whatever you want to call it, but the mainstream media is always telling us about how Christianity is dying, uh, that it's going away, it's, you know, it's, it's driving itself away. I'll tell you what, we, they, going to a trip like that gives you so much more hope. We met so many, <clears throat> so many Christians from all walks of life. They were Christians from Japan, China, India, Indonesia, Africa, uh, Germany, Australia, France, Mexico, just Christians after Christians. There's probably four or 500,000 of us all in this one place gathering. So that was very emotional to me. That gave me a, a whole different breath of knowing there's that many Christians out there um, coming to this one site. Um, walking in uh, the Via Del Rosa was just phenomenal. Uh, this narrow street where Christ carried his cross. And on every station, the 14 stations, to get the number right, the 14 stations, they have a plaque on the wall where Christ either dropped the cross or he fell or somebody helped him or on and on. So you could, you could go through all that. And it's very narrow that the streets are rocky. And as we've said before, everything is uphill uh, in Jerusalem. And finally, we had a, um, uh, and there's so much more, but I know those other folks have got a lot to say. Um, we were uh, privileged to go on the extension and go over to what they call Petra, which is over in Jordan. But better than Petra was, I thought, Mount Nebo. Uh, Mount Nebo is uh, in Jordan, but it's the, it's the gateway where God showed Moses the promised land. And so you stand on this, this, this hill, and you're looking down over all of Israel, uh, and it is just breathtaking and enormous. And there's a map there that tells you where all the different sites are that ultimately the, uh, the Hebrews and, the, and, and also Christians would, would come into, into play in their lives. But that was, that was very breathtaking, I thought, as well. So it was a great trip. I, I totally um, encourage any of you that want to go there, you should go. Don't pass up the opportunity because it is life-changing.
Hello, I'm Wes Baker, and uh, I learned something new when uh, he carried the cross all that way is that he doesn't carry it like we see in all the pictures, but actually the long part is forward because they said it had been so heavy. So all these pictures we see isn't really accurate how he carried the cross, so I thought that was interesting. And I want to thank Dan and Laura for leading us. I, it was an opportunity of a lifetime, and I really appreciate it. Um, I found Galley to be the most, uh, what I really kind of enjoyed most. Uh, all the Bible stories became real. I mean, uh, all the miracles that he done. Uh, he healed the lepers. Uh, on, we got to ride a boat that they had made that was like what they used to be in and ride on the gal or be in the galley sea where he walked on water. He calmed the stormy water, um, you know, calmed the violent storms. He healed so many miracles and uh, most of his adult life there in the galley area. So it was just an opportunity of a lifetime. It just is life changing. And again, I want to thank Dan for taking us on that. Hi, I'm Laura um, Sincorn. <laughs> um, I usually don't like getting up in front of people. <laughs> a lot of people have already said, with you know, a lot of the things that spoke to them and all, and how safe they were, and all of that is true. And I went. I didn't do a lot of the studies or anything that Dan had sent out because I didn't want to have my own ideas of what the Holy Land was. I wanted to experience it for myself. And being in the garden, I'm sorry, I'm gonna start tearing up. Being in the garden of Gethsemane and seeing the olive trees that Jesus was among and seeing how those trees are thousands of years old and how they shoot off a new growth as one part of it is dying. It takes 300 years for that one part to die off. And you see all these new branches coming up. And I think, you know, that's us. A Christian might die, but a new Christian is alive. We all coming up in a life, and how do we we spread out like that olive tree, and we reach out and we we profess Jesus and we bring new believers in, just like that olive tree just keeps getting bigger and bigger and older and older. That's what we do, and that's what I came away with, <laughs> and how safe we were and. Oh, I got proposed to by our guide in front of my husband. <laughs> I'm wearing my necklace that he gave me. That was a highlight. <laughs> At the Garden of Gethsemane, even. You know, so <laughs> that's another story. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was Dan's favorite part because now I have another husband. Good morning, everyone. I'm Julie Burns, and I, like Laura, didn't do any of the pre-studies or even watch the videos, because honestly, I was late to the game. Um, I just signed up a couple of months before we left. And uh, 
prayed. I, this was a no-way vacation for any of us because you get up at 5 and you're gone all day. You do a ton of walking and, and what have you. But I, I just prayed for God where I am in my life right now in a grief journey. That sucks, by the way. Um, God, help me. I want to learn from this. Like, help me grow in the way that you want me to grow. And, uh, boy, he, he just delivers. Our God is so faithful. Um, I have many takeaways, and actually I feel like I have a real long sermon that I could do on this because I had he just blessed me in so many ways. But um, my takeaways are this. They are such, as, as Connie said, such a passionate people. I fell in love with them. I fell in love with the country. And I learned how much they matter to us. I was so arrogant in the conflict that goes on over there thinking, well, you know what? It's biblical. It's prophecy. They're always going to be fighting. But that's not true. Many of them asked us to pray for them. Please pray for peace in Israel. And we need to be doing that. It matters. It's where, where it all started and where it's going to end. So shame on me for not doing that. Because you know what? I'm so busy praying about me, me, me. There's some bigger things than me going on there. So that's my takeaway. What, what a gift we have to go to him in prayer. Um, but how often do we do that with the passion, I mean, that they do it? Um, an example of that is when we went to the West Wall. We call it over here the Wailing Wall, but found out that they don't like it called that. So the West Wall, um, which is just part of the original um, wall around... Jerusalem, and you can go there, the women on one side and the men on another side, and pray. You can you see on TV, and we got to do that. We got to stuff our prayer concerns into the little cracks. And uh, there was a Jewish lady that came up, and she was bent over on a walker, and everyone moved away. And then she went up, and as she could, put her um, hand up on there, and then just started praying and weeping. She simply just wept and wept. And so those of us that were around her went and put uh, our hands on her and prayed with her. She was praying in a different language, of course. But wow, she knew. She took advantage of the uh, opportunity to pray. And I found out that every day people like that go there and pray for all of all of those things that we stuffed in the wall. How cool is that? People that they don't even, you know, they don't know us yet they're praying for us. So, so cool. Um, and then the other takeaway that I took was uh, how God just delivered in, in part of my um, hope, you know, about me, how you going to help me, God, is that he brought laughter back into my life. Um, the last four months I haven't had a lot of laughter, and you know that I love to laugh. Anybody that knows me, I am a laugher. And um, this group, they're just nuts, quite frankly. I think they're certifiable. Um, but wow, did we laugh. And sometimes in places you really shouldn't be laughing, <laughs> which made it worse. It's like laughing in church. We'll think of that when you're like, you know. So anyway, so that, that was good. And then the final thing was, over there you have Jewish people, um, Christian people, uh, Islam, Muslim. They're all living together in peace, truthfully. They work together. Some of them are in the same families together. And we can't even like get along here or say what our opinions are without there being fights and shame on us. So I just want to be more like them. You know why? Because they're just closer to God. So that, that's what I hope to do in my life. So thank you. We go together. Uh, I'm Becky Vixen. This is my husband, David. Um, most of what I was going to say has already been said. 
So first of all, just thank you again to Pastor Dan and Laura for leading this group because uh, they had extra pressure on them. We just got on the bus at five, six, seven in the morning. Uh, said take us wherever we need to go and they had the pressure of well if someone gets hurt or someone gets sick or if this doesn't work well in our schedule what do we do so thank you for dealing with that part so we don't have to Um, you heard that um, our guides were very challenging and uh, that hit deep like Connie said It, it hit real deep because Sometimes when I read in the Bible, I kind of just, you know, read Kidron Valley and go on. And I don't know what I'm reading about. And so now I've, I've seen the Kidron Valley. I've seen Hell Valley. I've seen the difference uh, in distance between the olive trees and where he was crucified. And I can kind of put that in my head and get a better understanding of what the Gospels and different parts of the Bible mean. But there's a lot of places I haven't been. For example, when they went to Petra, I was at home Googling Petra. I was like, what is Petra? And uh, so I challenge you, just as I challenge myself, myself, that when you hear of something on the news or when you read it in the Bible and you're not really sure, well, where is the Kidron Valley? Google it. You'll find it. Wikipedia. Um, And use what we have to learn those things so that you can have a deeper understanding of what Scripture means. Yeah, you heard me talk last week, but uh, one of my favorite parts was going to the uh, Mount of Beatitudes and a lot of Israel, going to Israel, it's, it's time travel. You have your opportunity to use your imagination and travel back 2,000 years. What it would be like to walk this place? It's verifiable. All the geographical cities, uh, places are still there, and they're named. And um, the part about the Beatitude that I liked, and for me, it's all these people, we all had different highlights and what the highlights was and the highlight for me was the beatitude at mount mount uh, there because what he said there is still true today 2000 years later and that every one of us in this room could be if we could uh, incorporate the beatitudes in our lives they would see Christ they would see God it's true Thank you, everybody. My gosh, what a privilege. So my role on the trip after being the organizer and and planner and everything was then to serve as what was called bus captain, which I've just facetiously just told them that I was their hairless leader. Um, Thank you. But... Really what I was is pastor to 40 people who about half of them knew each other and half of them didn't know each other. And by the end of the trip, we all knew each other a lot better than we ever did. And uh, the, uh, the joy that we felt in that group was just fun. Uh, you know, my goal was that we would become a family on this trip and that this whole group of people, some from Kansas and Maryland and Ohio and 
and uh, our group from Jasper that they might gel and become one family of faith. And, and uh, I think it happened. I think we pulled it off. And um, what ends up happening, I think, is that we realize when we make trips like this and gets out, outside of your comfort zone is you begin to realize that you have a much greater capacity for love than you thought you did, and your world gets smaller all the time. And so my, I have many wonderful moments on this trip, and uh, for me it's just very gratifying to see how the others experienced it because that was my primary goal was to, to facilitate an experience that would change their lives, knowing that mine would get changed somehow in the process. But I think my, my favorite memory to talk about anyway is... Uh, on one of our days, we went to into the Golan Heights, and we went to the far northern border of Israel, and we we stood on a little precipice where we were on the brink of the border with Syria, and we looked into the country of Syria, and we could have to imagine, but just 60 miles or so beyond where we were looking was Damascus. And if you know anything about scripture and you know a little bit about the news and everything, then you realize that Syria is a real hot spot right now. And there's a great deal of, of risk coming from that direction. There's a great deal of world-affecting news coming from that place. And to look over into that land and imagine in this moment of peace just how really volatile it all is just compelled me to pray and I ended up leading our group in a prayer there more more or less spontaneously and then a few minutes later we got back on the bus and I told the guide you know I said hey by the way you know a little while ago you mentioned that Golan Heights is famous for its wine and I said we have a bunch of winos on the bus no actually I didn't say that I said I have a bunch of people on the bus who are probably going to say, so when do we get a chance to buy some of this wine that's so awesome? And I said, have you given any thought to that? And she says, no, I guess I should have thought of that. And she said, let me work on that. So for a couple of minutes, she thought, and then she said, okay. And she tells the driver to go this way and that way. And then not 10 minutes later, we're pulling into this little village. It's just beautiful. And there's a winery and a chocolate shop right there just 10 minutes from the border with Syria. And they were about an hour from closing down for the Sabbath and, and uh, weren't expecting us because this wasn't a tourist stop. This wasn't a you know, scheduled anything. We just showed up. And they were just delighted. You know, They just were so thrilled that we came and they were glad to see us and they showed us the winery and they showed us their little village and, and just really welcomed us and we had a wonderful visit there and everybody got back on the bus happy and, and excited and everything. And then I remembered thinking as we were driving away uh, how close that little place is to the border. And I wondered and prayed that everyone on the bus might see that this is far more personal now. It's real. You know people there. You, you know people who are living under those circumstances, and they're living joyfully and hopefully, and they're having a wonderful, meaningful life just like you hope to have. And all of this within 10 minutes of a border where at any moment all hell could break loose. And 
you can't now watch the news, can you, without thinking about the people you met over there and the, and, and the lay of the land. And, and so not only is it a trip backward in time to visit and, and clarify those things that you've been studying as a sort of historical thing, but it's a living word and it's a living land of the word so that all of the word is being fulfilled there all the time. And you're not only witnessing the past or elements of the past, you're witnessing elements of the future as scripture defines it. And it's personal because you know the people now. And you meet these remarkable, wonderful people and you realize that, that you didn't go there to see things, but, or you thought you were going there to see things, but what you ended up seeing was people and a living expression of the word. So I hope that was as meaningful for you all that day as it was for me, but it, it was certainly one of my highlights. But more than anything, it was just a blessing to see you all having a great time, even when things weren't going the way you planned. And, and uh, it was something. So I just want to let you know this. I've already been asked when the next trip is. Tentatively, I have scheduled a trip back to the Holy Land for around the end of September 2021. So 2021, end of September, mark your calendars. We'll do it again and start saving your shekels now. All right. We had a scripture passage for today and a message, but I didn't, I didn't write uh, notes for the sermon. You don't have any sermon notes today because I thought this might happen. And here it is already time for us to wrap up our worship. But I'd like to just give you this. Today's passage, I'd like you to go home and read it on your own. Uh, it has two concepts you're probably very familiar with. It's basically Jesus says, don't judge other people unless you expect to be judged in the same way. And the other thing Jesus says in these two passages is uh, basically treat other people the way you would want to be treated. I mean, that's it, you know. And Gary alluded to it earlier when he was talking about the capital campaign. What kind of building and grounds do you want to inherit when you come into a new place like this to worship? And what kind will you leave behind then for those who follow? And so the fundamental message I want to leave you with is this. I want to teach you a name, a wonderful name of a wonderful human being. His name is Amjad. Amjad was our bus driver. And Amjad was without a doubt the most patient, long-suffering, and kind person. And what really drove that home for me was when he would drive that big, huge bus through all this amazingly crazy, chaotic traffic that we would encounter. And he was so concerned about a cat, a dog, or a little child, and yet some joker could pull in front. I sat in the front seat because I was bus captain, so I got the first-hand view of, of, of what Amjad was seeing. And I never saw him lose his cool for even a second. I never heard him mutter a word, whether I could understand it or not, that sounded like criticism or, or complaint or anything. And you know what? The first day I was back in Jasper, I drove my car all of 100 yards and immediately thought, look at that jerk, ran a stop sign, <laughs> you know? And then I was, I was embarrassed and I said to the Lord, hey, could you teach me to drive in Jasper the way Amjad drives all over Israel? Because that's the kind of driver I want to be. And what that really comes back to in this message is simply this. If you would just 
realize that even in the littlest ways, like how you approach your driving here and there and the way you talk to people outside your little safe compartment of your car with your mind or your mouth or a combination of the two, of the two, that's what you are saying about how you feel about others, you know? And yet, if you met that person in the parking lot at the same store you were both going to, and, and they dropped something, you'd pleasantly pick it up and hand it to them, say, here you go, you know? Well, if you're gonna really live this thing, then you gotta live it all the time. In your car, in your house, your place of work, in your thought journey. You gotta be the same all the time and try to improve your sanctification or your personal holiness every day. That, that's the message that was in today's scripture. So saying all of that, let me conclude with a brief prayer and then we'll see if we can get our worship finished up here. Lord, thank you so much for the testimony of so many travelers. They have only begun to share the story so may we all be open and willing to learn from their experiences. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word expressed in everything and everyone we meet, even people who might not share our religious convictions. Sometimes people like Amjad show us a better way. And we thank you for their witness, Lord. And finally, God, we just ask that you bless all of our endeavors as we move forward with this capital campaign, not for the sake of the money and the things, but because we want to fulfill the vision of demonstrating your vitality in this church as it impacts the vitality of this family or this community called Jasper. And so, Lord, we thank you and we seek to bless you with the way we live our lives. Amen.